What's going on, guys? I'm Nate. I'm Colin. And welcome back to Behind the Streams. Before we actually get into the main highlight of the episode, Nate and I thought it'd be a good idea to just share some artists we've been listening to recently. So, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. So... Uh, really, before every episode, we just want to talk about music we've been listening to recently or artists we like, just to give you guys a better insight into what we like to listen to on our own time. So I'm going to list three artists that over time have been three of my favorites, but also right now I really like. Um, the first one is the producer Madlib. Um, you probably know him from his club album Mad Villainy with MF Doom, but he's done a lot of work with other rappers. He's done some... Uh, solo work as a producer and even some solo work as a rapper under the name Quasimodo. Um, I just really like a lot of the music he produces and his solo albums are all really creative and uh, a few of them go into like the jazz territory. He actually had his own uh, jazz quintet back in the 90s so that's really cool and he's an artist I love. Uh, another one is probably my favorite artist of all time, pretty basic choice but it's Kanye West. Um, even no matter what Kanye does with his personal life or when he's in the spotlight, his music is always going to be amazing. And pretty much every album he's released has been one of my favorites. Uh, I just enjoy listening to pretty much anything Kanye's made. I don't know what else there is to say about him that hasn't been said yet. And then the third one, my other favorite artist of all time, is the jazz tenor and soprano saxophonist John Coltrane, who, again, pretty much all the music he has made throughout his uh, career in the 50s, 60s, and 70s as a saxophonist has just been incredible. I love to listen to his music just for fun or when I'm doing homework or when I need to relax, and pretty much everything is released is great. Those are some pretty good picks. Mad Lib, I've heard him on Mad Villainy before when we both listened to that album, and maybe we'll do an episode on that later, but maybe. I think Mad Lib's production is insane. Just like the way he molds the sound and it kind of like travels around your ears is so cool. I've never really heard anything like it before. Yeah, also the way he uses samples, like a lot of people have used samples, but just the way he uses them and like twists them to make them part of the beat is so yeah, so, and creative. Kanye and Madlib with samples are truly unmatched. Uh, three artists I've been listening to a lot recently are probably Mac Miller, of course, because he's my favorite artist of all time and he has been my favorite current favorite artists like since March I just love Mac Miller a ton he's easily my favorite I've ever heard and then Glass Animals uh, I've been listening to them a lot recently because I re-listened to How to Be a Human Being their 2016 album and I really got into that album once again and realized it's truly something that I love way more than any other albums I've heard before so that's top three for me Glass Animals are a great band you should totally check them out and then for the last one, I'd say The Weeknd, just because I also got into After Hours recently, and I realized that I criminally underrated it on the first episode we did, and we might have to do like a retake on After Hours, but I do really think After Hours is an outstanding album, and The Weeknd is a great artist. Two good choices. I really like Mac Miller, too. And then The Weeknd, I'm all right with, but I know that your opinion on After Hours has changed. And hey, we'll probably be uh, sometime as the year closes and we reach 2021, we might be redoing our favorite albums of 2020. Yeah, that sounds like a plan.
So that brings us to the album we'll be reviewing today, which is Oracular Spectacular by MGMT. Um, this album was released in 2007, and I believe it was their first studio album. But before we go into the tracks and what we liked and what we didn't, Colin has a little story about the band. Yeah, I just like before we talked about the album, I wanted to go over the situation they were in, where they were coming from, the time period at the time, and what makes this album so unique and interesting to me. So the two main the two main counterparts of this group, uh, Ben Goldwasser and Andrew Van Wingarden, met in their freshman year as art students in college and immediately became friends. Originally, they would just go over to each other's dorms and mess around on their computers, composing songs and not really thinking much of it. They were a sort of musical terrorists at the time. They would just take these electro um, like loops and throw as much stuff on a track as possible, but still make it sound like music. And they named themselves the management because their whole goal was to sell out as quickly as possible. <laughs> and they eventually started making pop music sort of as a joke, but it grew into this more serious psychedelic rock pop group over time. Uh, their first EP that they released in 2005, I think, Time to Pretend was an underground hit and it got them enough attention for a record deal with Columbia. And once they got that deal, they realized they had to actually try and start making like good music instead of just messing around on their computers. So the two young men freshly out of college uh, partnered with producer Dave Fridman and became, began constructing a regular spectacular. It's a better story than I thought. No, I love their story. It's so funny. <laughs> like that they started making music just as a joke, they, trying to make it sound yeah. bad. They wanted to sell out as quick as possible. And then they ended up making what, like three or four full-length albums? Yeah, they named themselves The Management just because they were trying to take pop music and just construct it so it was like the most skewed version of a pop song <laughs> ever, but still kind of good. Uh, but however, even after all of this just messing around, they still had such natural musical talent and creativity that Oracular Spectacular went platinum in several countries. Kids was nominated for the best pop performance by a duo or group at the Grammys of that year. And it sold over 500,000 uh, copies over the years. It's a great album and everybody loves it. So let's talk about the album made by the band that wanted to sell out as quickly as possible. Okay, so after that quite interesting story about the band now we're here at oracular spectacular and they have just released the album in 2007 and it was a very experimental bold yeah, yeah, ambitious, ambitious album. more than anything but you, the thing is it sounds so polished and professional at the yeah. same time i don't know what fridman did there but he took this like really um ambitious amateur sort of style that MGMT had at the time and really made it sound like super professional, which is not something you really see with yeah. most debuts. The, the craziest thing for me was that this a lot of the songs in this album made me feel nostalgic, even though I'd never heard them before. Like songs like, uh, even songs I didn't like as much as other ones, songs like Kids or Electric Feel or The Youth, like made me feel nostalgia for a song I'd never heard before. And that's just crazy. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. No, that's that's really true with this. This whole album is just like, it has this whole theme of how childhood innocence and youthful innocence, it really has this power. And they go over that a lot in the first half of the album. Yeah. 
and it's it's a very nostalgic album even if you haven't really heard any of the songs so sometimes i just put them on and like to think of like better times or whatever and it's just like it's a really nostalgic feel for a lot of the songs i definitely agree with you on a lot of that but i don't want to shoot down the vibe or anything i don't want to kill the mood but at the same time you can definitely tell that this was their first studio album uh it sounded a little inconsistent at times, like they didn't really know where they wanted to go with it. And there are uh, songs where they cleaned it up and like had a more matured sound, but even if the song sounded great on their own, a lot of them just didn't flow well together and felt awkward in a mix. I also didn't really like the singing on this album. I don't know what it was. I think it's just not to my taste because I know Colin liked it, but just something about the vocals were just not... I just didn't really like them. Yeah, with the instrumentals changing so much, they go from what what is it? With like flutes and from like flutes and like acoustic guitar in one song to like a full-on electro orchestra of yeah. like synths and kick drums and hi-hats. It's such a dynamic album in terms of just the instruments that they chose to use for it. The only thing that really keeps you grounded throughout it is their singing, which I think is such such a unique and expressive way to put forth all of these ideas. Yeah, and, and yeah. At the same time, I'm gonna be honest, the first time I listened to this album was last night. So Colin's really the expert on this album here. I'm just giving my initial thoughts and what I think about it now. So yeah, I just didn't really as good as a lot of the songs sounded, and there definitely were high points, which we're about to talk about. I also thought there were some low points and just a little bit inconsistent. But at the same time, really polished for a first ever album yeah similar to their story where they would just try and mess around the entire time it does feel like they're just trying to like throw anything out there and see if it sticks and it honestly works too like they've got such natural talent for performing and making these really catchy songs that they can make crappy stuff like the handshake for example which i'm sure we'll talk about about the handshake they can make stuff like the handshake, but it'll still sound so polished and professional, and it'll sound like it was done with meaning and purpose instead of just like kind of messing around and throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, but I do think that their singing is unlike anything I've ever heard. On the 2009 Kid Cudi single off of his first album, they actually help him with the singing. This that is was Pursuit of Happiness, right? Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, that's such a great song. You should, if you haven't heard Pursuit of Happiness, you should definitely listen to it. Yeah, it can... was used in the movie King of Staten Island, and it's an amazing song. Kid Cudi and MGMT were both together on the chorus, and I still stand by how whoever decided to put them both on the same song is a genius. It's like the level of Kanye making Jamie Foxx perform <laughs> a, um, what's his Gold name? Gold Digger? Yeah, Gold Digger. <laughs> making Kanye perform that sample. It's like that sort of mad genius stuff that you would never think to do, but it works so clean. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's hop into uh, some of our favorite and least favorite songs from this album. So there were a lot of great things on this album, but uh, I want to start by killing the mood now so we can talk about good things from here on. There is one song that I genuinely hated, and I just want to talk about it first before we talk about what we liked. Oh, uh, this is the handshake. I, I don't know. I didn't think the handshake was that bad, honestly. I honestly didn't like this song at all. The lyrics, I guess, were supposed to be a commentary on the industry, but to me, 
I just felt like nothing because their vocals had like no emotion and it was so lifeless. And then the outro was just them repeating the same line over and over again over like a beat that sounds like it could be made in Garage Band. And I'm just like, why did they add this to this album? This doesn't fit with anything else and it's just bad. No, it's literally they. It's for 45 seconds. 45 seconds. And the song is like two and a half minutes. That's too long for a good outro. The song is two and a half minutes. And the outro is 45 seconds of them literally just saying, we got the handshake over over and over over again. again. So yeah, that song is very bad. But hey, we've got it out of the way. Now we can talk about what we like. All right, cool. So I'm just going to go right into it and say my three favorite songs on the album were the three most popular songs, actually. And that's not to say, like, I have basic music taste or anything. I just agree with everybody else on how these songs are the best on the album. Um, In This Order, Time to Pretend, Electric Feel, and Kids are all the best songs on the album. Uh, First first of all, I'd say Kids is probably third. It's a really catchy song. I I do think that it's probably one of the best pop songs of the 2000s. But there were just a few songs that were kind of deal breakers for me. They did this weird, like, break it down part where it was just the drums and a bit of, like, the backing guitar. And I thought that part was a little weird, but it picks up towards the end, and it's a great song. The lyrics are really nostalgic. It's like an ode to the days when you would go to on the playground and play with your friends at recess. And it's just a great song overall. Uh, then after that, it goes into Electric Feel which is this really weird song. It talks about this woman in the Amazons with the power of electricity. I'm sure you guys have all heard this on TikTok as it was really popular last year. But I do think this song is amazing. I've listened to it way before it was ever popular on TikTok. So I'm allowed to say that I like it. He's very defensive about this song. I don't know. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) And then should we leave Time to Pretend for the last, or can I just talk no, about that? No, just go ahead. You All love right. that song. So. Time to Pretend is the intro of the album, but it is easily the best song on the album, and I think it's probably one of the best intros I've heard, too. They start by talking about doing these exotic things, like marrying models, shooting heroin, going to Hollywood, stuff like that. And then right before it goes to the main synth part of the song, they say we're fated to pretend. And I feel like the words faded to pretend really talk, really um, pay to that cynicism of them trying to sell out as quickly as possible yeah. or being ironic or just like talking about these things and not actually meaning them. We were also talking uh, right before we started recording when we were listening to this song, how we're not really sure if they say we're faded to pretend with a D, we're fated to pretend with a T or we fade into pretend. So it's really all three of those and they all work differently and yeah. just make a great song. I like um, what I thought it was before I read the lyrics, which is faded to pretend. I thought it was fading to pretend. And I thought that was really interesting because they talk about doing all of these things that now that they have all this money and they're a really successful band with their new debut album going platinum, stuff like that. But the words fading to pretend mean that they know they're leaving behind their old lives and nothing's ever really going to be the same again. And as an intro, that really sets up the nostalgic feel of this whole album. And I love that sentence. It's like the mix of cynicism and nostalgia, which I, as inconsistent as I think a lot of this album is, that definitely 
shines through throughout the whole album as a theme. Yeah, and common themes of the youthful innocence having that real power over yeah. them too. They um, and the second verse of this song, they go into how they miss their families and their mothers and their fathers, their dogs, their brothers. They miss going to the playground and digging in the ground and just playing and being kids. And it's a lot of us can probably relate to that. Yeah. We feel like we've lost our childhood, even though we're only in high school or some stuff like that. Because yeah. there's a lot more work compared to how it was in elementary school. And I think that's a really... Um, really thoughtful and interesting take on the music industry and how it really takes your innocence. So Time to Pretend is definitely one of my favorites too, but I have three other songs I'll talk about too, and I'll just go through in the order they are in the album. Uh, the first one is The Youth, which I'd say almost in a little bit is like a call to action for like the hippies of the world, but not like the 1960s make love not war hippies, more like the 2000 and 2010s like semi-hippie movements of like living with nature and being one with yourself just calling to all those people to go back to their youth and live how they want to live uh, what really shined for this album for me though was the drum groove it had this great drum pattern that in groups of three but it was slow enough that you couldn't tell if it was like little groups of three or like a larger group like a full measure of three and it just sounded really nice and then it mixed really well with synths and more hi-hats at the end. So that was definitely the best part of this song. Uh, another one I really liked was Pieces of What. This was, if I had to pick one song on the whole album where I really genuinely enjoyed the vocals, it would be Pieces of What. Uh, this song was a little bit, I guess, a commentary on war. It was like painting a picture of a town that had been destroyed by war, I think, uh, talking about it falling to pieces. And even though the instrumental didn't fit with the rest of the album, the way that it shocked you by having such a different sound this time was actually effective, unlike other times where I thought it just sounded inconsistent. I was like, wow, they changed the instrumental a lot and grabbed my attention. Now they're singing about something important. This is a great song. And the last song I want to talk about is Of Moons, Birds, and Monsters. Um, Again, I didn't really enjoy the vocals on this song. They used like falsettos, I think, that I just thought sounded weird. But there was a guitar break in the middle with guitars and synths that just sounded so great. Then the outro took that break times 100. And for me, just laying in my bed listening to this song for the first time, I was like, wow, this is a great outro. Um, the, the two songs that I actually wanted to talk about but I gave to you were The Youth and Moons, Birds, and Monsters. Uh, I really like Moons, Birds, and Monsters. I feel like it takes all of those um, same instruments that they used in Electric Feel and Time to Pretend, and they use it in such a different way that really isn't that really poppy, melodic sound, but it's still so good at the same time. Yeah. And the outro of it, too. It's an out-of-body experience. If you hear it for the first time, you really like it. Um, the main chorus of the youth, it makes me really think of the time period they were in at the time. The internet was growing to something much bigger than they originally thought it would be. And the chorus, the youth are starting to change, is talking about how they have fears for how the young of this country might be growing up with the internet and yeah. how things will be different for them, which again brings up that youthful innocence and the lack of innocence that they have had with like the innocence being stolen almost. I think that's what I was trying to say about the youth. You just said it way better than I did. Even though I stuttered and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah, you just said it better than I did with the idea of like wanting to 
help the youth of today, even though they weren't even that old, they saw that everything was changing. So they were calling for everyone who still remembered their childhood to go back and help the youth and like show them what life is all about. So yeah. Yeah, there's, there's two ways you can really interpret that song, but both ways, it's really good. And then just like considering the drum beat overall of it, even if you don't care about the lyrics, it's got a great drum beat. Fridman really did some magic on that one too. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. So there are thoughts on Oracular Spectacular by MGMT. Similar to the last episode, this is the section where we rate the album based on how we thought of it. However, we decided to rip off a random dude from the internet (laughs) once again. And this time, instead of rating it on a number scale, just like we talked about before how we don't really like rating it out of 10, because that basically puts every single piece of music ever made on the same scale, we decided to instead pick a word per person. Yeah, just one word that sums up how we felt about this album and just being as concise as possible. If you had to bring the whole thing into one word, what would you think about it? So do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, my word to describe this entire album would probably be very ambitious. The The whole time they were trying such different and unique sounds, the entire album. And even though it's the most unbalanced and inconsistent album ever, every single sound that they try, they do manage to pull off. And I'm, I just like, am in awe of how talented they are at just doing that. And as well as like, trying those cynical undertones and the nostalgic feel they give to the whole album. It's all very ambitious to try and put all of that together and they all make it work. It's it's genius. Yeah. I think my word is just the cynical version of yours because if I had to sum up this album in one word, I would say inconsistent. Uh, Don't get me wrong. This is still a pretty decent album. It's just the way that they switched between different types of instrumentals and vocals so quickly uh, was just jarring for me, especially on my first listen of this album ever. Um, and a lot of the songs just felt like they should be on other albums. But with that being said, there were a lot of great tracks on this album, a lot of songs I really enjoyed. And it's definitely not a bad album overall. Yeah, I definitely recommend this to anybody that's into that sort of psychedelic pop rock sort yeah. of sound. And if you've heard any songs on this album before, I'm sure you'll enjoy a little bit. Like if you've heard Electric Feel, you can hear that same similarity in Moons, Birds, and Monsters yeah, and stuff we can like that. throw a few that we think you should listen to on our episode playlist, too, in case you don't have time to listen to the whole album. Just hit some of the best of it, and we'll see what you think. So that's going to do it for today's episode. This was Oracular Spectacular by MGMT. We hope you guys check out this album. I think it's a great album for anyone to check out or even just listen to the singles. It's a really cool album to listen to. And as always, if you want to reach us or just hit a few of the best songs and just let us know what you think, you can always follow us on Instagram at WLTL underscore behind the streams Um, and on Spotify at WLTL behind the streams. The link to that is also in our Instagram bio, though. Um, that's where we'll throw our playlist to every episode. Those are usually around 30 minutes long and you can just hit some songs we talked about or things we want you to listen to. Uh, as always, I'm Nate. I'm Colin. And thank you for listening to Behind the Streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah.